This is the Chrome Cranium Podcast with Talos G. How's everybody out there doing today? Hopefully fine. Hopefully you're having a great day. But I wanted to discuss some with y'all today. So I was at work, checked out of work early, you know, had to go to the ER. The emergency room so as you think and I'm going to the ER you thinking you know it's gonna be a little bit of a panic it's gonna be people in there with masks on with gloves on not really you know want to be productive with the patient you know it was none of that Y'all tell me, am I crazy or what? It was none of that. I mean, the media is pumping this thing, this this virus up, this coronavirus up, so tough. I mean, I got there. It was beautiful. It was nice. See, that's what we do here on the Chrome Cranium Podcast. We go out and investigate. We investigate the coronavirus. I went out there and seen it for myself. I didn't see no panic, no pandemonium. No uproar. I got in and got out. The doctor was even cool. He hollered at me. Yo, what's up, Talos G? I'm like, what's up? Before he left, he said, love to the government, peace to the chief. Shout out, doc, to you. I just wanted to say that. Because we got people out here running around watching the news. I mean, I watched the news too and I seen I seen everything that they're talking about. I watched a couple doctor interviews which they're saying that, you know, more people get killed by the flu. But the coronavirus if you you know you're you're a, you're an older person probably with a medical condition, you're more likely, you know, to have real problems. My mom want to come through. I think my mother got a little medical condition. That's fine, mom. Don't come through. Just wait. We're going to get everything together for you. Shout out to Flo Sconey G for even want to come down and join me. Join her son, Talos G, and kick it with the kids. You know? I'm going to just leave that alone because, I mean... If y'all scared, y'all scared. But I investigated for y'all. It's another thing that I wanted to discuss, which is indirect messages. I mean, come on, y'all. I mean, I did it before, too. I sent out a couple indirect messages. But I think people probably knew who I was talking about. But it's this one particular person who always doing it. You know, try to show you love. Well, act like they showing you love. And then as soon as you turn around, they fuka, 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 stabbing you all in your back. That's weak to me. I mean, I ain't even do nothing to this kid, you know. I mean, why send an indirect message at me? 
We chilling at the Chrome Cranium Podcast. We have nice guests at the Chrome Cranium Podcast. We living. Trying to get our health together over here. My guests love me at the Chrome Cranium Podcast. They love me. They have no problem with me. Call me on the weekends. Hey, how you doing? This one particular person, why? You know who I'm talking to. You know exactly who I'm talking to. I don't want none of my friends and family calling me up. Talking about, who's talking about Talos G from the Chrome Cranium Podcast? I'm not going to say nothing. I'm going to let this person suffer. We're trying to get it popping at the Chrome Cranium Podcast. We're trying to get money. Trying to get more platforms so y'all can go out there and listen to me to see what I'm talking about. I have special guests at the Chrome Cranium Podcast. I got Slim G joining me. I got my man Stroke finna join me in a minute. I got little Malcolm X. I got my man's flipper (coughs) who just came out with his own podcast, Flip the Script. See, I don't try to hide this podcast information, (coughs) excuse me, from my people. I want everybody to get one so we can come together. Like my man Lil X say, like Voltron, you know, connect all these different personalities and get it and get really out here and get the dropping knowledge. That's another thing we do at the Chrome Cranium podcast. We drop knowledge. We act a fool. We drink cold glasses of H2O Quick Squigs. Shout out to Quick Squig. But yeah, y'all, it's going to be a fun one today. Uh, I'm going to holler at my man about his situation. And um, yeah, that's how we're going to do it. I'm not sending no indirect messages no more. Soon as this dude even attempt to say my name, I'm gunning him. I'm airing him out on the Chrome Cranium Podcast finna take a little break introduce y'all to my special guests and that's how we gonna rock we ain't know no sucker shit over here at the chrome cranium podcast in a minute i'll be back yes and i'm back i'm back with a special guest one of my homies I grew up with on the east side of St. Paul. Go ahead, broski. Go ahead and introduce yourself. What's going on, y'all? My name is Glenn, a.k.a. or better known as Stroke G, man. East side's finest, man. St. Paul's threat. Minnesota's terror. You dig? <laughs> right. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing excellent, man. Just chilling. How about you, my brother? Man, I'm good, man. Before you got on, I just went on a little I wouldn't I wouldn't call it too much, too big of a rant, but you know, they got this virus out here, you know. 
it's not really what it is, then you got people sending indirect messages at you. So, you know, after the show or whatever, you can go back and check it out. You know, see what I'm talking about. But what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on that coronavirus, man? Man, my thoughts is, man, is uh, you really don't know what it is or where it came from. You can only just make assumptions of where it came from. I mean, if you do the math and do the research on it, they say it come from bats. That's what they saying. But at any rate, I don't really believe that, though. You know what I'm saying? I think it's some government-made shit, man, that they trying to administer the new population control, man, because the, the world is overpopulated. You feel me? So that's just my take on it. You know, that's just my assumption. To yeah. me, to me, population control to me in America is our food. Is our food and this medication that we're taking. That's that's what I think that population control all boils down to in America, because this food got us causing cancer, these medications. Like the doctor tried to give me some like a, a script to go get me a medication today, but I'm not I'm not big on taking that, man. They tried to give me some uh some blood pressure medication one time I was taking it, then they had recalled it. Instead, it causes cancer. So you know, right there, I was I was done with it. You know, right. And that that right there, that's that's scary, man. Because they give you something for one thing, and then turn around and say it causes another thing. You feel me? So you don't know what you're really taking, and it's like a no-win situation. The only way you're gonna win is not take it. So therefore, if a, you know, if a person got high blood pressure, he or she must take to other drastic measures, but you know what I'm saying? Eating healthy, exercising, you know what I'm saying? And just cutting off the bullshit out their lives. You know what I'm saying? Right. And yeah, just like you were talking about the, uh, the food. So now we got different labels, different packages. This food supposed, this organic food supposed to be better than this food. And I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it was like out 10, 15 years ago because we wasn't really we wasn't really looking for that. We was just looking for, you know, some good food. But it's kind of it's kind of weird now that they put all these different labels on there, you know, so we can shoot straight to this food and then doge. Right. I mean, my take on it, man, is a lot of people don't even know about agriculture. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm enlightened because I did the research on it, you know what I'm saying, watched a couple of videos. <clears throat> and people just need to really step it up, man, especially when it comes to teaching their kids about agriculture, man, and about being self, you know what I'm saying, self-sufficient and just growing their own vegetables. You know what I'm saying? If you got the money to go somewhere where they got farmland and get you a few animals, raise your own animals so you know that you that the the meat you are in taking hasn't been uh, shot up with steroids. They ain't got artificial growth hormones in there. You know what I'm saying? Then you can eat healthy and, and do it like that. That's if you got the money to do that. But sometimes a person got the money to do that. So then they rely on Cub Foods or Rainbow or High V or uh, the new one, Aldi's, which is, 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 is everywhere now. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm down south. So we got things like Kroger. And I mean the food's pretty good. Then they got the uh what's the name of that joint? Um the uh the uh whole food joint. Yeah. 
and they got. But then you, like, they got these places out. Then you kind of think, like, okay, so is this fool? This fool they trying to sell me is this just BS or y'all want me to go to Whole Foods? Why? Because they got the most organic food. I mean, we got organic sections and everything. But so is go ahead, bro. No, nah, go ahead. <clears throat> but you know, everybody ain't got organic money though, because that organic stuff costs more than regular food, though. That's a fact. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes down to it, everybody ain't got organic money. You know? So therefore, if you want organic food for yourself and your family, you gotta work extra harder to get that money to, to buy that. You know? Right, and those is just those is just facts. Them is facts, man. You know you gotta put in an extra couple hours, and then when you do that, the government gonna snatch your money. You know what I'm saying in taxes. So how you gonna win? Man, you can't you can't win in America, man. They tax your money after you didn't work for it. They tax you when you spend it. I don't think I don't think they do that, you know, in uh, different countries. I think they say in uh, Africa. I don't know how true it is, but I think I talked to a couple people from Africa. And I think you only get taxed like if you're buying property, you only get taxed one time on that property. Then that's it. That's why I think like a lot of our uh, people go over there and get schools like Serena Williams and uh, a couple other people that's over there buying schools and stuff. They only tax you once, which over here you're gonna get taxed all the time, man. People ain't with them. Right. Man, America messed up, man. This country is messed up, man. Like I said on my podcast, yes, man. Uh, Tupac said it best, man. America eats his babies. He said what? Tupac said it, man. America eats his babies. And, what, and, and basically what I got from that is they teach you all this shit, man. You know, violence crime, drugs, you know what I'm saying? Then once you get brainwashed and programmed, especially like us growing up in the hood, coming from where we come from, we seeing all this. So then we grow up doing the same thing. So that's what we know. Then when we get caught, they want to throw us in jail and say we uh, we terrorists and we criminals and we violent and we, you know, we aggressive. But they taught us all this though. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. you know, but everybody got a choice and a decision to make. You know what I'm saying? But those are just facts still, though. Right. Yeah, you're right, man. They sure got a plan for us. But that's a great segue to uh, why we got you here today. It's to talk about, like, like what had happened with you and your situation. Like, can I get a little... Uh, can you tell me about like what was going on with your uh with your prison stint, the one that you just recently got out from? Yeah, I can share a little light on that. Uh, so the situation was, man. Uh, you know, I was involved in the in, you know in the crime and uh, with some individuals that I don't do crime with. So that was a rule that I broke myself, an unwritten rule that I had within myself. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and I take it as you know what I'm saying. Um. It was karma. You know, I strongly believe in karma. The universe is always watching. So that was a part of my karma right there, man, for all the things I, I did to get caught for. You know what I'm saying? So um, 
Therefore, you know, I got uh, charged with aiding and abetting a firearm and further from a crime of violence, which is a Hobbs Act. That's a federal, it's a federal crime, man. And uh, even though I really wasn't involved in the crime itself when it took place, I still was there. So therefore, I got held accountable for my actions by being there. And I got a seven-year seven year, uh, incarceration stay, which off of seven years, you do six. When they gave you when they gave you that six piece, how did you how did you feel at that time? Like what was going through your head at that particular moment? When I was in that courtroom and that judge said, oh, Mr. Grady, we're gonna sentence you to 84 months, right to the near, man. I was calculating, man, that's seven years right there, bro. You know what I'm saying? For what? <laughs> so at that moment, man, my whole life was just like, damn, I got to go to prison. And the only way I'm getting out is I got to go through it. You know what I'm saying? And so I just started preparing myself mentally for what was up, you know what I'm saying, next to come, which was sitting in the county, waiting to be transferred, hopping on a plane, going to Oklahoma to the hub and, and, and waiting to be transferred to my destination, which was my destination was out in Ohio. It was a place called Elton, Ohio, out in Lisbon, Ohio. It was, the prison was called Elton, but it was in Lisbon, Ohio. So, you know, I had to prepare myself mentally, man, because that right there is a whole different ball game versus being in a, uh, in a state prison up here in Minnesota. Can I ask you a quick question real quick for you really jump off into it? Yes, sir. Um, I guess this is probably a two-part, maybe one-part question. Hold on. Uh, like, what what actually fueled you to go through with the robbery? Like, was it like you didn't have no money, drug fueled, or what was your purpose at the time? To be honest with you, I really didn't have no purpose. Uh, I was uh, pretty much acting irrationally. You know, I was under the influence of uh, narcotics. And uh, this individual, I can say his name, but he kept calling me. He kept calling me and I, you know, I gave in. I guess it was the devil, the evil that was just calling me that was surrounding me because I was out in the streets bad, you know what I'm saying? So I let the devil in, let him win, man. You know what I mean? And that's what pretty much fueled it, you know what I mean? It wasn't like I was hurting for anything. I had money. I was good, you know. And that's what kind of that's what kind of get me like usually when somebody do a robbery, we we need some money. We need to if we do drugs, we need to get more drugs. We need to do we doing this for a reason. And for you to tell me that, you know, that it really wasn't no reason. That's crazy for me to understand. Cause I mean, even though somebody calling you off the influence, you just took off. Like, let me grab my pistol and go handle this business. Well, I mean, it was, of course it was a reason it was for to get more money. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like I was broken, starving and hurt. Like, Oh, I need some money. I go, I'll do some shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I needed to right. <laughs> that's you. That's the, that's the reason I'm getting to. Cause usually if we got some money, we cool unless we won't. I mean, I understand you want some more, but you would think like it's a reason behind it. Like, oh, I got to get this car or I got to get this brick or I got to, you know, that, that's just my that's just my take on it. That's just what I was thinking about as you was telling me your story because you never told me your story before. Right. Oh, yeah, I was definitely trying to get some more money, you know what I'm saying? So I can position myself, 
you know what I mean? Because like I said, I mean, uh, I was separated from my, uh, uh, my first wife. I was living in my sister's house, and I didn't really want to be living there. So it's like I was trying to get more money so I could get up out of there and position myself to do more, you know what I'm saying? And that's not how it all played out. <laughs> it didn't play out like that. <laughs> Man, it never does. It never really does when you're doing wrong and you know you're not supposed to be doing wrong and you know you're not that type of dude, you know, because I know you personally, you know. Right. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was a bad situation. Like I said, man, I broke my ultimate rule and that was being involved with people I'm not involved with. You know what I'm saying? And the person I was involved with, we both grew up with him. You know what I'm saying? And that's not his M.O. That's not his thing, you know? So I put myself in a bad position overall, man. Okay, and back to um, back to your prison stint, like, how many how many uh, federal penitentiaries did you go to, and, and what was it like? Well, let's see. Uh, <clears throat> my first federal place I went to was, uh, like I said, it was uh, a place called Elton. It was a uh, FCI medium. It was uh, located out in Lisbon, Ohio. Um, so I was there from, I say about, uh, let me see, September of 2012 until June of 2015. Uh, so when I was there, man, uh, you know, I, I had to really humble up, man. You know, I was, uh, I, I was trying to get into the religion thing, you know, being a Muslim. Uh, but like I said, before things don't work out the way they was planned. So I stopped, you know, I stopped going to Juma, man, stopped, stopped praying, stopped being active with the Muslims because I felt like they were operating like a, a gang and it wasn't a lifestyle or a religion. It was more of a, okay, well, we're a gang and we got the biggest numbers on the uh, compound, so we run things. And that's not what I wanted to be a part of. You had Muslims that was gay, you had Muslims that was pedophiles and the imam that was uh, there, he was a, a, a sex offender, which got caught. He actually got caught with porn in his locker, and he didn't get beat up. He didn't get stabbed. They didn't run his ass up top. He was still holding Juma at the podium, man, you know what I'm saying, calling himself a Muslim. So I didn't want to be a part of that, man, you know what I'm saying? But, um, I mean, my whole time there, I, I was humble, you know. Uh, I was – I stayed out of trouble, you know, so I can get closer to home. You know, I had to did, anything, did anybody ever try to pull it with you? No, nah, because the way I carried myself, like I said, man, I'm a humble dude. I was humble, so nobody tried that. And I only dealt with people who dealt with me. You know what I mean? So nobody tried to pull it with me. There's not near nigga out here that was where I was at that said he, he, he tried it with me. You know what I'm saying? Because, I, you know, I, I walked... I held my head high and I was humble, man. I was I was very respectful. I did my thing when I had to because that's just the way I am. I need to get back home, Minnesota. <clears throat> yeah, that's wild. Cause uh <clears throat> when they gave you that time, I was like, <clears throat> to me, I know I know a little more, you know, where your life was headed. So when I heard the news, I was like, well, my man's he going to live. He going to live longer. That's what came to my thought. I didn't look at it like you was doing no time. I looked at it like my man finna learn and he finna live longer. Because I, right. I, I feel that the way that you were going and what was really going on, 
I think you would have been dead, personally. Yeah, if not dead, I probably would have murdered somebody because I know myself. And, you know what I'm saying, being under the influence, man, of narcotics, man, and just being out in the streets you know, on the east side of St. Paul is, is rough. You know what I'm saying? I know me. It ain't no fight or flight, you know what I'm saying, with me. I'm fighting, bro. I ain't fighting. I ain't going nowhere. I'm fighting. I ain't scared of near nigga out here. Never have, never will be. You feel me? So at any rate, if I didn't end up dead, I probably would have ended up murdering somebody, you know what I'm saying, doing some dumb shit. So I take the the prison time and I turn it into a positive, you know what I'm saying? So although it was a negative because I was away from my kids and my family, I turned that into a positive because I did some personal inventory. I reinvented myself. I wrote a couple novels, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and I stuck to myself and, you know, I, I stood up like a man, you feel me? So I thank God that, you know, I was able to get into that position, although it was a bad position, but I turned it into a positive. And that's what some people don't know how to do. They don't know how to take a negative and turn it into a positive. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I, I was in there, man. I worked out real good, lost a lot of weight, man. And, you know, I just, I just gained self-respect for myself, man. That's what's up. I didn't even, I didn't even look at you really killing nobody. <laughs> I looked at you as being dead. I'm just keeping it 100 because when you offer those narcotics, I mean, I, I know you will pull that trigger, you will up that pistol on somebody, but the way your mind is going, you not, you not knowing what situation that you walking into. And I know how aggressive that you are. I know you're a very aggressive person and somebody going to see that and they going to be shook, you know? <laughs> Right, and, 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 and I know that myself. So therefore, even though I was under the influence of narcotics, you know what I'm saying, uh, a lot of the times, I still knew not to put myself in a position to where it was, I would have, it would be me or them. You know what I'm saying? Because I know people, when I'm, like when I come around, all those narcotics, people is intimidated, they're scared, man. I pose a threat, and I don't like, I really don't like that. I don't like being like that, man, because like you said, motherfuckers going to try to end me. Because of out of fear, you know what I'm saying? Yes, indeed, they will. Like those, like the type of what type of narcotic was you actually taking? I mean, I know, but I just want the people to know. Oh man, I was um the narcotic that, that I was uh using, man, was methamphetamine, bro. And, and I like. And, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. My fault. And. I'll be the first to admit because I'm not in denial. I'm not hiding nothing. You know what I'm saying? Or narcotics or narcotics, whether you're doing methamphetamines, cocaine, weed, uh, heroin, opiates. You know what I'm saying? Whether you're drinking, it's all the same shit. It's all a mood altering chemical. Anything can make you be not who you really are. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, like, like I had to, uh, on my podcast earlier, I'm, I'm truthful and honest, man. I don't care. You know what I mean? That's what makes me who I am. I'm humble. I'm real. I ain't faking. This my this like kind of my thing. It's kind of like I'm finna ask you a question, but I'm also finna tell you like people that I know who do meth, like some of the guys that I know personally, it all started with them fucking with some white with some white women. Every one of them. And I want to know like how did you get started? Because we we was on like, you know, some ecstasy type weed type drinking. You wasn't no drinker. I was the drinker. 
I mean, how did it go to motherfucking math? Well, I mean, you got to understand something, right? The people I was hanging around with, like, you know, uh, a guy that I know, yeah, I took him to a party. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I tried meth, which was back then in 01. In 2001, it was, uh, it was crank, which they call it the dirty. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I got started. I went to a party and I tried it. And by me being a human with an addictive personality, like every other human else that's on this planet, I got, I, I liked it, the way it made me feel, man. Like, so it wasn't no, no white woman or none of that. It was you know, like one of my homeboys. Don't try to say it wasn't a white woman because you started kicking it with white woman doing meth afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you a dumb motherfucker. <laughs> no, but that's not who got me started, though. Right, right. But I'm just, I just, uh, like, like a lot of people. Actually, go ahead, go ahead. Like the lot, a lot of the brothers that I know that I didn't, you know, grew up with or whatever. That I mean, I don't. To tell you the truth, I don't even know that if that's how they started. But that's who you see them with getting high with. So I just assume that. So that might be me on dummy, you know, trying to figure out something, you know. Nah, it's, you know, uh, I keep it real with you. And you actually know this person because I actually came to your house when you stayed in the projects and we picked you up and we was in the truck chilling. You actually know Charles. Oh, we ain't supposed to say no names on the Chrome Cranium podcast, my brother. Unless he did, shit. <laughs> okay, well, I said his name, so don't nobody know who I'm talking about. Right, and don't nobody know him, but yeah, just for future, you know what I'm saying? Just for the future, don't say no names on the Chrome Cranium podcast. We don't want nobody trying to, you know, sue us or, you know, just drop that allegedly if you, you know what I'm saying, just happen to say somebody's name. Uh, so, uh, this is another question I want to ask you, like, how did you feel about your son being out there? Because, you know, we didn't, I don't know. No, you didn't really grow up around your father, and I didn't either. So how did you feel about that, about your son being out there, about your kids? Well, at that time, when I was in, uh, out in Ohio, I had two sons. You know what I mean? My oldest born, my second oldest. Uh, I felt less of a man, bro, because I wasn't there to see them grow up. I seen my sons grow up through, through photos. And... Through the grace of God, my sister was the one who did all the photo taking and sending pictures to me so I could see my sons. Wasn't my son, wasn't none of my sons, mom, none of that, man. My sister made that possible, man. You know what I'm saying? So I seen my sons growing up through pictures and that really hurt me. You know what I'm saying? It, it hurt me, made me feel less of a man. It made me feel down. I was sad and depressed. When I first got there, man, all I did was sleep. I was so depressed and sad, man, because I was so far away. You know, I was so far away from my family, so far away from civilization. I didn't know nobody. I was, I, it was like I was a foreigner, bro. You know, I was a foreigner held captive, my dude. You know, so yeah, I mean, it, it, that hurt it. You know what I'm saying? But you can't let that hurt overwhelm you or overpower you or, you know what I'm saying, have you into a, a, a space where all you're doing is crying and sad and you're not progressing within yourself. So I had to put that aside, I had to put those feelings aside, my dude, and say, you know what, I'm here, I gotta do this. And in order for me to get back home to my sons, I have to humble up, you know what I'm saying? You basically- so Go ahead. No, I, I, go ahead, I'm done. 
Yeah, because that's a because I remember talking to you when you was locked up, you know, talking about your sons and and man, that shit was crazy. Cause you know they doing yeah. different things now. They growing up without you. You not there to show them certain stuff, how to talk to females. I mean, you can talk to them over the phone, but it ain't like nothing like that. Connection, that interaction when you right there and they facing, you know, you showing them how to do this and showing them how to do that, how to get dressed. It's just a long, a long list of things. Oh yeah, most definitely, man. And I actually, you know, just actually experiencing that. And that was my second prison time, prison time. You know what I'm saying? Just actually experiencing that and having my first son doing two bids with me, I almost felt like my dad because my dad wasn't around. He'd been to prison like three or four times. So, you know, I, I started feeling like him. You know what I mean? And that's one thing I ain't never want to, you know, do is feel like him or actually even be like my dad. I didn't grow up with my dad. My dad uh, lived in New Jersey. You know what I mean? Yep. And then, like, I remember, I can't even remember the last time I was in jail. I think it was for some, it wasn't like the pettiest stuff, like when I was in, I forgot what what did I go to jail for, what it was for, whatever. But when I was there, I thought about something. I'm like, what would you want to do right now? And I was like, I want to be around my kids. And I thought about that every time I did some stupid Every time I was selling drugs, I think it was one last time, man. We sitting in the back of an alley. I got some work in my ass, right? Police just come out of nowhere. Film, film. They drop down on us. So the police had me spread my legs open. I'm talking about he sprayed it. Them motherfuckers wide, right? So, I mean, he probably had to be like a little quarter of an inch right next to the work that was in my ass. And I'm and I told myself, I'm like, if I got to be scared to make some money or nervous to make some money, I don't need to do this no more. So I think I got rid of that. And I think I probably been working ever since now. And that's a good thing, because you get man, being in places like that, man, you have no rights. Okay, all your rights are stripped from you. You know, you are considered government property, man. And that's how they treat you. What kind of what kind of reform? What kind of reform do you have in prison? Like as far as like as far as them getting you back out here in society and making you productive, a productive individual. What type of reform did they have for y'all? None. I mean, they had none. You know, usually, you know, you go there and you get a degree or something or you learn something, but they had none. No type of, no type of, like, okay, like learning how to get back, like to uh, getting you an apartment, getting you a job, like re- like some type of resources. They didn't have nothing. Man, they didn't have nothing that was solid and concrete because at the end of the day, crime is a way for them to have a job. So they say they want you to do good. Some of them might mean it, and then some of them are faking because without crime and people going to prison, they have no jobs. So people are 
job security. Criminals are job security for the motherfuckers who work in the prisons or the jails. You know what I'm saying? So then you, I mean, you do got some people who really care and say, you know what, man, you don't belong here, man. Get out and do good. And I mean that from my heart. And you got some people that are say it and you can be like, oh, well, I, can, I, I know you lying. <laughs> because <laughs> like you just told me a bold face light in my damn face. Are you serious? Get the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? So I, like I said, man, people, uh, criminals with job security, man, for them, them, them guards, man, and them, them counselors up in there, man. I don't even really think it's even worth it being a prison guard because this is what they say. They say they doing time, too. They just get to go home. Right. And they really mean that shit, too. So it's like if you doing time, but you just get to go home and you get a check, that don't <laughs> add up to me. I, I, I don't want to do that. I mean, that shit. That makes no right. sense. So you just as crazy. You just as crazy right. as I am. <laughs> you just as crazy as the motherfuckers that's in there. You better say it, and they damn sure are. Okay, man. Uh, want to ask you this? So, what is your future looking like now? Man, my future looking is looking real bright, man. You know, I got some things in the works, man. Uh. My wife and I are trying to get, uh, you know, get these books that I wrote, trying to get these books out. Uh, we're going to self-publish these books, man, pretty soon here. They in the works of getting typed up, you know what I mean? So, you know, the future looks bright, man. And uh, I just, you know, I'm in, you know, in a space where I don't want to work for nobody for the rest of my life. I don't want to have to depend on no job, paying me a check, or, if you know, if I'm late or I got something going on, they want to fire me and, and tell me I ain't doing a good job. So the future for me looks like I want to be my own boss and real soon here, you know, and uh, just, you know, get this content out to the world so they can know who I am as a notable writer because I got some really, really good stories, man, to put out to the public, man. And I think people are going to really love what I'm dropping, man, because I'm coming with that heat. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't bullshit, none of that, man. I'm coming with it. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And I'm glad that, we got these podcasts, so it's a form of us, you know, a platform for us to express ourselves and have conversations like this because somebody might hear this and they might they might really need to hear this and be like, oh, okay, my man, he kicking some knowledge or somebody that hadn't been down that road before. It actually might help them out by yeah. you talking about your book and your experiences, which they, they uh, experience might differ. Like, they might hear right. something that you said and be like, oh, okay, okay, that's what's up. Let me try to, you know, do a novel. Let me try to do a book. Let me uh get up with my kids. Let me do better. Let me not fall into this, this prison system that doesn't even help us. That's more, which we get more time for than white people. Same crimes, we get more. You know, we get more time. And nothing, And nothing's happening about that, you know? No, and it, it, it's not because of the way the judicial system is set up, man. It's it's all designed for the black man to fail. If 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 people do the math and do the research and you know do the science, man, they gonna see what I'm talking about. So if if a person ain't never saw these videos, man, you know what I'm saying? They call it hidden color one, two, three, four, and five, man. It's another it's another form. It's another form of slavery. Better say it modern day slavery, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, the, the white people that's on those bills, on, on that money, 
them were slave masters and they still slaving people in death. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's all about a dollar, man. You know, it's all about money. Everything is about money, man, no matter what, whether it's the prison system. And that's a big, that's a billion dollar industry, man, the prison system, man. It's terrible, man. People ain't nothing but cattle, man. Simple as that, man. Nothing but cattle. Then you got some of these celebrities out here who are actually endorsing prisons and uh, putting money in the prisons because they know it's profitable. You feel what I'm saying? Because the crime rates is not going to stop. They're only going to go up. You know what I'm saying? With time, as time goes on, the crime rate is going to go high. People are going to get they're going to get hungry. They're going to be starving. They're going to get money for their families. So the crime rate is not going to stop. They're going to have more people out here going to jail, man. And it's all types of commotion, man, with things going on in the world, man, especially with the president we got right now. Yes, that's a fact. That is a fact. Man, well, check it out, man. I appreciate you coming. I appreciate you coming through, telling your story. Much love to you, bro. I can't wait till the book come out. And why don't you shout out your podcast, man, so people can, you know, so they can get in tune, so they can get in touch with you, so they can see what you're talking about, so they can check out your vibe. Yeah, I got a podcast on Anchor as well, man. It's called Shine My Light, man. You know, I got a couple episodes on there. The first episode is Leggings and Tight Jeans. Uh, this, uh, the, the, the second episode, or the first episode is Leggings and Tight Jeans. The second episode is uh, The Struggles of Addiction in Real Life. You know what I'm saying? So you can check me out on Anchor, man. Shine, my, shine light my Light man. by Stroke G. And check it out. This is the Chrome Cranium Podcast. Thank y'all for joining me. Be cool. Y'all be safe. One. Yes. Talos G back. Appreciate my man Stroke G for stopping through. Hope some of that information helps somebody out. It's a good dude. But before I get out of here, man, I just seen something. I just seen that. March Madness NCAA Tournament is not going to have no spectators in that joint. Are you crazy? I told you I just went to the ER uh, uh, today. Ain't no uproar, ain't nothing. What's going on? Oh, man, I can't go on another ramp right now, y'all. But this is the Chrome Cranium Podcast. Thank y'all for stopping through. Much love to y'all. Peace out. Episode 3, done.